Hello, and welcome to Friends for Life, a podcast of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod's Life Ministry. We're sharing the stories and insights of real people living out God's love for the people He's created. We hope you'll stick around and be our friends for life. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Stephanie Jabauer, here with my guests, Dr. Tim and Rebecca Jenke. For all of our faithful listeners, these names might sound familiar, as Tim and Rebecca were both guests early on in Friends for Life in Episode 7. And now it's been almost exactly two years. We have the pleasure of welcoming them back to learn how their story has unfolded and continues to unfold on their journey to adoption. So Tim and Rebecca, I brought you back on because number one, you're my dear friends and I'm personally invested in your story and I think it's a story worth sharing. Uh, But two, because your story does not carry on as we would expect. It has a lot of twists and turns and a plot line that you wouldn't have anticipated when you started. Yours is a story of both hope and hurt. It's a story of anticipation and disappointment, all of those intertwined. It's not all rosy, it's not all good feels, but you are here to tell us about a God who has been faithful with you through it all. For those who are new to our show, would you please start by introducing yourselves? We are Tim and Rebecca. Uh, We live in North Dakota. Tim is a veterinarian and I am a teacher. Um, We have one son, his name is Elijah, and he turns five in a couple weeks. Yep. So Tim and Rebecca, for those who didn't get a chance to uh, listen to our very first episode together, can you just give us a window into your world? Uh, What was that first year of your adoption journey like? We um, started our adoption journey in October or November of 2020 um, when we started. There's a lot of different routes to adoption, but we chose to work with consultants. Uh, So we started that, and when we could actually start presenting to families was probably like four months later after we had our home study done. Oh, I don't know, a lot of different things that we had to get done before we could present to families. So that was early on in 21. We saw a lot of different cases. When you work with consultants, you see cases. So we learned a lot about um, what potential birth moms uh, might be experiencing. Uh, We saw a lot of different stories, what we presented to like 150 somewhere in there moms yeah so just backing up a little bit when we first started so the the home study was our biggest kind of first hurdle to get over uh that in and of itself was i mean a four-month journey of uh, gathering a bunch of documents and filling out a bunch of paperwork and a bunch of meetings with your social worker um way less about your house and more about who you are as a person who you are as a family making sure that you're ready to start this adoption journey and making sure just that everything is, you know, I guess as ready as you can be for it. Then after that home study, then we went, you know, when we went active and started seeing cases there. Yeah. Another hurdle while we were seeing cases was just the cost of adoption. Well, we looked at a lot of different fundraising options and applied for a number of grants and we ended up uh, fundraising with both hands. So I think we were just about to do that, or we were just in the midst of that the last time we talked. Uh, So we did a service project at a widow's home, 
and at the same time sent out pledge pledge letters. Yep. I'm not sure, is that what they're called? And we were just so blessed through that that experience. It was really like one of the mountaintops of our journey. Yep. We had what sixty people people at her house that day, and um, it was just awesome to see all of our all of our people uh, kind of surround us in love through that uh, fundraiser. Yeah, to have to have all. I mean, that many people show up in a very tangible, real way to show their support for your, you know, your journey and in your life and to see that kind of community and, you know, connectivity and to see that many people get brought in to, you know, to your adoption journey was, I mean, still, when you think back a couple of years later, it's just so, so cool and such a blessing to have done that, like. It was it it was amazing, absolutely amazing to see. Yes. Yeah, and we were yeah. really financially blessed. Very too, financially through that. blessed. Through Fundraiser yeah. was yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we continued seeing cases after that, and saw so, you know one to five cases a week, I'd say, uh, and presented to you know almost almost every case that we got presented with, we presented to, and then just rolled that journey of waiting to match basically yeah basically adoption is a whole bunch of waiting waiting (laughs) that's probably something you expected but not Mm -hmm. this extent of waiting no when we first started we well the the average time to match was you know still i don't remember the exact number but still in the like calculating in the months range not years so we were definitely uh a little bit on the slow side to, to match and yeah so that was a long a long kind of arduous journey we were on the phone with our match. consultant one time and i asked like are we an outlier or is this how it always yeah. goes and she said no you're an outlier yeah <laughs> okay and then and then when it's taking so long you kind of wonder okay so is there something specific that uh, like there has to be a why you know so what's the reason why is there anything we can do differently or is it just our time hasn't come and you know we just need to keep on with the journey and yeah it was just again just putting your uh putting your faith in the lord and just this is our journey and it just wasn't our time it wasn't that we were doing anything wrong we just hadn't been presented with our you know with our case that we were supposed to match with yet so so how long did it take for you to finally match well kind of a spoiler alert we matched the first time (laughs) in november like or August. no, yeah, August. Yep, sorry, August of of twenty two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long were you presenting and then seeing cases before you matched? Nearly two years. Just huh? about two years. Yep. Okay, so you were expecting a matter of months, and it ended up taking two years to match. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yep. Yes. Correct. That journey, though, looking back, you know, especially for me, we kind of talked in the first podcast about just the emotional roller coaster of adoption and being presented with all of these, you know, these stories from each of these, you know, potential birth moms was something that really took me a while to, to come to grips with. So it, I mean, during that whole process was actually kind of a growth period for both of us where yes, it was taking way longer, but you also got to kind of mature your feelings through the adoption process and, you know, it gave us time just to process, again, all the emotions that come with adoption, which was one of, I mean, kind of the blessings of waiting that long, you know, looking back on it. 
How did it change you just reading everybody's story? Because it, it's my understanding that when you uh, read cases, you actually get a, a pretty thorough peek into the situation that's going on with the pregnant mother, her needs, the potential needs of the baby that she's carrying. Mm -hmm. What does that do to you? I mean, you get presented with some pretty intimate details about about their life, like stuff that, I mean, they might not share with even some of their closest friends. I mean, kind of a deal. So, mm -hmm. I mean, taking that in as, it was hard not to take that in as your own burden, you know, to, to share. Um, you know, when you see 150 cases like that, you can't take them all on as your, you know, as your own burden. That just, you know, weighs you down so much. But it really shows and grows that birth mom empathy. I think that's one of such mm -hmm. the hu a huge part of, of the journey. And that's one thing that grew exponentially with us for seeing that many cases is just what what potential birth moms you know have gone through and it's not like it's not like oh they're just giving up their baby and willing like it's i mean it is it is a struggle and a huge emotional you know burden too that's I mean, something that's kind of unique to working with consultants that you get to see those kinds of details yeah that you don't you don't necessarily see that on other yeah roads to adoption and yeah that birth mom empathy that has been built within us is I I love that we chose consultants just for that yeah that we can kind of understand a little bit more the struggles the other, and the challenges the, yeah. that you know the other side goes through you're not just seeing it from your point of view you're also experiencing it a little bit you know it's still not the same as walking in their shoes but you at least get a little bit deeper glimpse into what their journey's like as well in their in their adoption journey. Is it kind of like you make a connection almost every time with that case because it's potentially your child? I mean, yeah. that mom might be carrying your baby. Yep. Like you, you can't help it almost, even yep. if you probably try. Yep. Is that yeah. what you felt? There yeah. were times when anxiety was pretty high where we had yep. to talk about like, we need to just, we need to disconnect a little bit from these cases and we will be all in when we match. Yep. But there were times when we had to talk about, like, we need to distance ourselves just a little yep. bit because anxiety was a little bit too high. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and every time you every time you say yes to a case, you start to envision, mm -hmm. okay, so if she says yes and we match with her, what would life look like with, you know, with that particular case, that particular birth mom, that particular infant? And then when you have five of those cases at the same time and your brain's trying to process all of them, and yeah, it's... It was a struggle to try to stay a little bit more disconnected during that process. And then, yeah, we, we had many conversations about when we match, then you're all in. Until we match, yes, you still have to process, but you got to, you know, pull back a little bit there just because your, your your brain and your emotions can't handle all that. Mm -hmm. At least for us, they couldn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't imagine. I think for yeah. any normal person, that would be the case. Yeah. So you matched in August 2022. So that was a little over a year ago at the time of this recording, then tell us what happened next. We knew at that point that we were gonna match with a baby boy. So baby boy's mom and us yeah, started we... started connecting. We had some phone calls, some text messages. When we found out we matched, we uh, initially were one of two families that, that she was deciding between. So we actually found out in the middle of church. <laughs> and, and after you had church, your phone on we- you in church? 
I know, it's I know. this watch that yeah. was on my wrist. Yeah. <laughs> and our consultant's name popped up and her name never pops up. She just, she just looked at me and showed me her watch. And I just like looked at her and we both started crying. And like I kissed her forehead and we like hugged. It was like in the middle of singing this song. I'm sure people around us were like, what are they doing? How fast can we make an exit right now? Yeah, yeah exactly. But we, we scheduled an initial kind of phone call with her just you know kind of a meet and greet type of a phone call and then we found out the next day that we matched and yeah after that point we had contact information and started trying to build a relationship with her everything seemed to be going very smooth initially and and uh seemed like we were building a relationship and then kind of really slowly she just started pulling back a little bit and we you know, a little bit longer to respond to text messages, a little bit shorter with communication. Just we we kind of questioned for quite a while. Could she be um, questioning her decision if this right, you know, route adoption was was the right route for her? And that was kind of a slow fade with with that particular match. We had a phone call as well near the end of that match with the. Uh, like adoption agent yeah yeah and she also was you know we kind of talked about some red flags that she was seeing also and she kind of had the same feelings and she asked us at that point do you guys want to break the match we you know again we talked about we're once we match we're all in we weren't going to be the ones to we don't know what's going on in her head you know maybe she needed to pull back a little bit and process some more emotions so we you know we kept on keeping on for a little while and then it became very obvious that she had kind of changed her mind hmm. um and and then our match you know match ended so how was that news broken to you it was just it wasn't really like an all of a sudden thing we saw that it was coming yeah um we she she kind of initially birth mom initially kind of broke ties with us but was still communicating with the adoption agency and then she pretty much stopped communicating with the adoption agency too and just stopped all contact. So it was, we never officially heard from her per se, like I want to parent or, or what, you know, her plan okay. was, but she pretty much just broke all communication. Then, then officially the adoption agent called us and said, yeah, this is, this is over. We need to, you know, we need to move on. How much time was there between your initial contact with her and then when you learned that you kind of were starting back at square one? Yeah, that was in November. Yeah, for like two months. Yeah, yeah, months. November of yeah, of, yeah. of 22. And in that time, like in our home, we were preparing to yeah, have the a whole time. baby boy, mm -hmm. you know, like we set up our room with, as a nursery with a crib and had... Yeah. Thing, clothes washed and our son Elijah knew that he had a baby brother coming. Yeah. So our pray for birth mom and baby brother every, you know, yeah. every night. And like, we were very, you know, again, all in on the, on the journey. So even though it was kind of a slow fade where you kind of saw it coming and it wasn't a huge surprise, it still was a, a loss. It, you know, it hurt to, okay, well now we're back at square one. It took us, <laughs> almost two years to match the first time is it going to take us another two years or how long will it be you know to match again so back into seeing active cases and, and going back into things mm -hmm. how did you handle that as a couple were there moments of like sheer 
despair, depression? Where were you in your head and your heart? It, it made it a little bit easier, just the fact that it didn't come out of the blue. And so, you know, during that time of things pulling back, you kind of were starting to prepare yourself that this might happen. So it wasn't like a complete shock. But still, like, at one point, we were, I mean, both kind of, I'm sure we were both crying. And Rebecca's like, why does this have to be so hard? <laughs> you know, like, we just want to grow our family and, you know. Yeah, I mean, at that was, point, we'd been married yeah, nine, years, nine years, and we've been trying, trying to, to grow have... our family for eight of those yeah. nine years, and yeah. It's different than, like, a miscarriage, you know? Yeah. Like, there's not a child, like, a child hasn't died. Yeah. So, really, it was just loss for us. Yeah. The mom was spared from, you know, a certain amount of loss, and the child was spared from loss, so mm -hmm. it's it's different than a death. Yeah, way different. Like, yeah. we were sad. We also, along this journey, have, we've had no control yeah. during any part of this journey. We didn't have control over that. We, we were sad. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that it was, okay, well, we'll just, <laughs> like, we were sad, but it was, it's just the way it was. Yeah, having, I mean, having had some miscarriages, it is very, very different from that, that fact. Because, again, a, a child didn't lose its, lose its life. A child is going to be parented by his biological, you know, biological parents. And it's, we lost the opportunity to parent that child, but that child is still going to be blessed with, with their life and everything, you know. So, so that side of things, you know, also makes it a little bit easier. Easier is probably not the right word to say, but a little bit easier just to cope with that, you know. Yeah. God in his mercy in those, you know, some two years that you were waiting to matched you said that you grew in empathy for the birth mom and you know in, in a way he you know, looking back prepared your hearts for mm -hmm. a love for this mom and this baby that was outside of what consequence it would be to you in yep. a way thanks be to god for that and for you guys as a couple growing in wisdom and maturity in, in that regard too then where did you go from there? What happened afterwards? And in a sense, you don't start from scratch because you've already gone through the house studies and um, mm -hmm. you know gone with the caseworkers and all of the documentation. But now you're starting to see cases again and you're presenting to families again. That was about a year ago, mm -hmm. right? So what's happened in that year? Yeah, we went back to presenting to cases. We pretty much went back right away. As we said, it was kind of a slow end so um they asked us if like do you guys want to take some time to think about where you want to go or do you want to just start seeing cases again and yeah we both just kind of well just you know we had already kind of been preparing ourselves so let's just start seeing cases again so back you know back at it yeah that was a little bit confusing for elijah yeah. our son because he was ready for baby boy and now we're waiting again yeah <laughs> Like nothing is nothing is physical that he can see, you know. It's all emotions and it's all talk about the future and trying to get a four-year-old to grasp the fact that we were gonna adopt baby brother, but now baby brother won't be part of our, you know, our household anymore. And that was a little bit of kind of a hard avenue to navigate with him. And mostly it was just being repetitive and validating emotions because he was feeling lost too, and he was feeling emotions and trying to get him to 
understand those emotions. Well, he lost his dog at the same time yeah. too. He yeah. had a dog die. Yeah. And so it was, he experienced a lot yeah. of loss last fall. Yeah. So yeah, yeah a lot was, of validating emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, so we were seeing cases and then in March of 23, so four months after that yeah. failed match, we were presenting to only one case at the time on the day that my phone buzzed on my wrist again <laughs> or my watch. <laughs> were you in church? No. No. <laughs> no, I was I was uh, at school. I was working at school in between some meetings with teachers and our consultant's name popped up again and I knew that the only case we had was with a mom who was expecting twins. <laughs> so, twins. Yeah. So I answered the call <laughs> and she, you know, said that, okay, so there was actually another case where the mom wanted to talk with us and she was deciding between two that's families. Right. I forgot and, about that. Yeah. So I was actually, I thought that's kind of just what they always did, kind of narrowed it down to two or three families and talked with them. But anyways, the consultant said that this mom had chosen us. So it wasn't like she's deciding between different families. It was just that she picked us. Um, so that was really exciting. So after I got off the phone with her, I called Tim at work. I was in the middle of like writing up a record and she calls me and she never calls me at work. And I knew also we were only presenting with one case. I was like, uh, hello? <laughs> Why are you calling me? <laughs> and then she told me too. Yeah, that was great. And then what did you do? Oh, I'm sure I started crying. Fist pumped and started crying. At least we you were like... performing some surgery on an yeah, animal yeah, at exactly. the time. You know, yeah, yeah, It was just, paperwork. Yeah, just on the computer. Yeah. yeah. Through this process, we have learned that Tim is the crier. I'm the crier. <laughs> I'm a softie. Yeah. Oh. The, one of the texts is like, yeah, suddenly you got a phone call. You fist pump and you started crying. But then they made some some spoof con or, you know, comment about how, although you kind of start crying a lot. So, yeah, <laughs> through this journey, I have started crying a lot. We're emotionally stable, don't worry. Yeah, oh, yeah, very. <laughs> Yeah. At this moment, I can attest to that at least. I mean, you all, you guys are doing good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you matched in March 2023 mm -hmm. with yep. a mom with twins. Twins. Mm -hmm. It's not one, it's two. What does that yeah. feel like? So exciting. Mm -hmm. Like Psalm 23, my cup overflows is what it feels yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> We're so excited. And at first, like people would, we pretty much shared right away, you know, mm -hmm. that we matched with twins. People, like their first reaction would be like, oh my, you're going to be so busy. How are you going to handle that? And we like, that never even crossed our yeah. mind. We were just like... <laughs> Excited. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, oh, we're not worried. It'll be fine. Now that you've had more time to process, are you more worried yeah. or are you still like, we'll figure this out? No. That's that's honestly worried. kind of the way it's been throughout, I mean, our entire marriage and everything. You know, I'm, well, just like with, with any, I mean, anybody's marriage, marriage is not one constant and there's always changes and there's always flexes in your family and your family dynamic. And it's just, you just got to figure it out. So this is just another one of those things that we just are going to just figure out, you know, and figure out what works best for our family. We read, we, we read, have read books. We read quite a few books. 
and uh, and when, listen to podcasts. Yeah, yeah. It's not like we're like not. Yeah, prepared. just yeah, completely naive. Oh, it'll be fine. You're all butterflies and roses. One of the books Rebecca read, the, the author's like, get them on the same schedule or you will die. <laughs> okay, good to know. There's got to be a balance there, right? Yeah. I mean, like. Yeah. <laughs> No sugar coat in that one. Yeah. Realistic expectations without being terrified that this yeah. will put an end to you. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. We have learned to get a stroller that carries two babies, accept help from people, and yeah. get them on the same schedule. That's yeah. what we've learned. There yeah. you go. I think that's a pretty good line for any parent, really. Get a stroller yeah. for two babies. One for the diaper bag, right? Like one seat yeah. for the diaper bag, yeah. the other seat for the baby. Yeah. yeah. So you are continuing on this journey with this mom who's expecting twins. You guys are still matched and things are going smoothly. Have they always mm -hmm. gone smoothly? What's it been like to build a relationship with a birth mom again? And what's it like caring for a mom who's expecting twins? It has been kind of a little bit of a shift there. I, I felt more anxiety with our first match, actually. Are we communicating too much? Are we communicating too little? Where do we need to go? Like all of that. And and with this birth mom, it's it's been easy. And it's That's it's smooth. been really it's been really pleasant and really nice. We've talked on the phone, we text quite a bit. We've gone down and visited her twice, you know, just to again try to build that relationship. Uh once with Elijah, once without Elijah. Our first time we traveled without Elijah. It's been a very smooth very pleasant process we feel very i mean very blessed through it yeah we're all in mm -hmm. <laughs> like we said yep. we would be when we matched yep. so i don't know the worst that could happen i guess we've already done that so. yeah <laughs> so it'll be fine yeah. yeah there's comfort in that there's some peace yeah. in yeah. that you've been yeah. through it and yeah. it's made you stronger i can i yeah. can see that just by being your your friends so twins do you know the genders we did find out initially when we matched, we did not know, but we have found out uh, genders were uh, both girls. They're both girls. So, yeah, both They're girls. fraternal twins. Yeah. So that must be a shock for Elijah. Like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not one, but two <laughs> girls. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. The first thing he said when I told him was, oh, I wanted a boy. Yeah. <laughs> Bless well, him. Like, well, shucks. <laughs> We have a little video from him too, and when we first first told him, like, buddy, we're gonna have twins, and he's like, oh, twins? He's like, Dad, you get all the poopy diapers, I'll get the pee diapers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, deal, buddy, you can have all the pee diapers. <laughs> I actually think that feels pretty fair because if you think about the ratio, I mean, he'll be doing more diapers than yeah. you will. Exactly. It's a good yeah. deal for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when are the girls due? They're due October 1st. So that's just about two months away from where yeah. we are now, two or three. That's, yeah, that's their 40-week due date. I mean, at this point, potentially we could be getting a phone call any day, but we're hoping, obviously, not this soon. And we're hoping yeah. uh, for a little bit longer into, into, you know, pregnancy. Keep growing, babies. Exactly. Yep. yep. And then what's the plan for when they're set to arrive what's going to go down do you think so when she has them we'll get a phone call that she's in labor and it's happening unless something's scheduled ahead of time i guess and so then we'll travel down there all three of us yep and my dad's meeting us there which is wonderful, wonderful. yeah yeah her her dad's able to take some time off and he's going to help uh help with elijah just because we'll be obviously preoccupied with with infants and 
and caring for birth mom as well in the in the hospital and everything. But they're um, going to be on a schedule, so yeah, it'll be naturally, yeah. yeah, the same schedule. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we're down there. You're you're in the state where the the infants are until the paperwork goes through. So you can actually, it's illegal to leave the state until the paperwork goes through. So that time is roughly going to be give or take two weeks, you know, might be longer, might be a little bit shorter than that. So we're kind of planning an extended stay uh, until we can travel back home and then begin our journey of a family of five instead of a family of three. (laughs) How wonderful. You know, as you transition, what do you hope life will look like with Elijah and with his sisters? What are your (laughs) hopes for the future? Elijah's world will be rocked because he's really good at being an only child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's had a lot of years of experience as an only child. Yep. We're really excited. Really excited. He's excited. Mm-hmm. And your plan is an open adoption, correct? So correct. you yes. hope to have continuing contact with the birth mm-hmm. mother and the birth mother with the girls. Yep. Yes. Yes. Open adoption can look like a lot of different things from pictures, written updates, phone calls, visits. We've started to talk with uh, the mom about what she's hoping for. And I think she's just not quite sure yet what she wants that to look like. So it's something that we will learn together with her. Just like one of those fluid situations of life where we'll just, you know, we'll kind of navigate those waters and figure out what that looks like. And that I'm sure that relationship will very well could change throughout, you know, throughout the years and throughout life, just depending on where everything's at. But, uh, yeah, very excited to be able to continue. We've we've built a pretty good relationship with her so far and very excited to continue that relationship and then to have the girls, you know, be able to have that, that relationship as well and that connection. That's very exciting to be able to yeah. have that opportunity. Looking back from the vantage point you're at now, how do you both see God at work even in times of real pain and hurt? And how has this taught you about who he is Uh, one of the scriptures that is meaningful right now i guess is from psalm 127 unless the lord builds the house the builders labor in vain unless the lord watches over the city the guards stand watch in vain we know that we don't have control and we know that god does Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we know that our family is in his care we've grown a lot in trusting God and his plans. And as we look back on life, we know that his plans are good, even when we don't understand them. So I think that has been a big growth point Mm -hmm. for us. That just absolute trust and just giving up control too. You know, again, so much of this journey has been out of our control and you can only do so much and just putting your complete faith in, and it's gonna work out the way that it's supposed to work out and it's in his hands. I mean, has has honestly been a major blessing and a major benefit to getting through all of the, you know, the ups and downs and the, the struggles and the setbacks and everything there, just knowing that, okay, well, I mean, it's in your hands, Lord. I can only do so much. That's been a huge, honestly, a huge comfort and a huge reason, even though I cry all the time, why I've been so stable. <laughs> you can cry and be stable at the same time. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He has a lot of people in his hands through yeah. this process. Yeah. Like we're not the center of this process. No. Yep. Children are. So yep. he's working out what's best for a lot of kids and their moms and yep. adoptive families. So we know that we are a piece in that puzzle. Yep. 
not the center of it. <laughs> yep. What do you think the adoption process has taught you about parenting that you may have not otherwise learned as fast without going through it? I guess I think about children are a blessing and they're really not ours. <laughs> they're God's and he's entrusting them to us in our time as parents and, and in their time as kids. So we're grateful that he's entrusted our son Elijah to us and we're grateful for the girls that it looks like he'll entrust to our care. But really they're they're not ours, they're his. Mm-hmm. You could go throughout all of parenthood and not learn that lesson, you know. Speaking in kind of a, a little bit more matter of fact way, it's not that if you have no difficulty growing your family that you don't cherish your children. Obviously, like children are a wonderful blessing. You have an instantaneous connection to all your children. But it when it does take you such a long time and a struggle to grow, it just like that side of things of just how precious life is and how how meaningful having the opportunity to parent a child is. It feels exponentially greater. Not that that's not present if you have no difficulty growing your family and you've you've never experienced a miscarriage or you've never had any of those things. Like that's not saying that that's you don't feel that, but that really has been profound in me. Just what a blessing it is to be able to to have that opportunity. Yes, that is a kind of perspective that I think equates to wisdom. You know, like we we pray in the Psalms that God would teach us to number our days that we would gain. A heart of wisdom and through this process he has given you wisdom so that you have the perspective to cherish the gifts that he's given yeah. you and that yeah. is no small gift that he gave you both i thank you for being so open and honest with me and all of our listeners about your journey i thank you for inviting us in and I ask uh, that our listeners would continue to pray for the Janky family, uh, you know, as this airs and then continuing onward. And, and hopefully, Lord willing, we can have you on yet again to give us an update on how the scheduling's going. <laughs> if you can, you know, maintain that. And I pray you do. I think schedules are great. And I just <laughs> think about you guys with twin girls day one of like, you will sleep and you will yeah. sleep. Yes. <laughs> Starting now. <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully they also read right. the manuscript. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. No, you yeah. are great parents. You're wise and you are are a gift to have on so that we can learn from you. So thank you for for giving us another chance. Thank you for having yeah. us. Yeah, we're glad to be here. And I want to thank our listeners, too, for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review. And don't forget to click the follow or subscribe button so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. New episodes drop twice each month. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook as Friends for Life LCMS. And finally, listeners, we want to hear from you. Do you have an idea about a guest you'd like to hear from or a topic you want talked about? Email us at friendsforlife at lcms.org. We want to hear from you about what you want to hear about when it comes to issues of life. Thanks for joining us. Friends for Life is a podcast that introduces listeners to life issues by introducing them to friends who stand for life.